I'm Renee Ritchie, and I'm a tech analyst. And I'm Georgia Dow, and I'm a psychotherapist. And welcome to Apple Talk, where the psychology meets the technology. And we talk about, what do you talk about again? Technology, psychology, how it intersects. Yeah. Its effect how, on our daily lives. How Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, all the big tech companies, once in a while Microsoft, um, <laughs> Uh, well, they're becoming more like IBM. We can we can talk about that on some episode. How they affect all of our lives and increasingly our culture. And on today's show, we actually have a double Apple topic. I know. Taboo. Because two things happened. One, Apple decided to revert the MacBook Pro line, or according to rumors, according to leaks, according to speculation. Nothing confirmed. Tim Apple has not taken stage yet. But the rumor is they're going to be reverting the MacBook Pro to something very similar to the 2015 version. And also more news about something near and dear to your heart. Yes, What's a little that? bit of uh, AR, VR action, perhaps coming from Apple. So let's start with the let's start with the MagSafe in the room. 2016, Apple comes out, Tim Cook, Phil Schiller, Johnny Ive, and they introduce the brand new Mac Pro, and there were significant changes. It was thinner, lighter, more powerful, because those are, every time Apple introduces a product, it's gotta be those three things. It has to. But also they got rid of some of the previous ports. They got rid of the SD card slot, they got rid of the HDMI, um, uh, the HDMI port, they got rid of all the USB-A ports, and they went all in on USB-C. And they also include, introduced the butterfly keyboard that they brought over from the 12-inch MacBook Pro and the touch bar both of which turned out to be infamous, you know, one more than the other, obviously. And I, at the time when I did my review, I said it was the future that none of us were ready for yet. The future we don't want. Partially want, like there's a lot of good things about USB-C, but it was such a big change. And so the rumor this week is that the next generation of MacBook Pros is gonna be returning, bringing back at least the SD card slot. God bless. But also probably removing the touch bar and bringing back MagSafe. Okay, so I'll ask you first, Renee, since this is what you do, what are your feeling on all three of those changes? So I have mixed feelings about MagSafe. I like the fact that if someone, including me, tripped over my power cable, it would just nicely detach and wouldn't send the computer you know, flying across the room. But I, I did not know that I disliked that MagSafe was a unitasker because now that I have ports, USB-C ports on both sides of my computer and I can plug in on either side, I use that all the time. Like when I, back before the world ended and we could travel, it didn't matter where I sat in the coffee shop, in the meeting room, anywhere. It was always something that was close enough to plug in. I didn't have to try to reach all the way around my computer. And I'm sort of quasi angry they're going to be taking that away because I don't think they they'll put, put it on both sides. I don't think they'd waste the space and the, like because you don't need to plug the whole, the beauty of USB-C is that they were both charging and for uh, data. Right. Right. Yes, you only have one on one side. You're living no, in a no, MacBook. No, no, no. I have two. Yes, on one side. On one side. Yes. Because that's where the bus is. That's where the USB-C bus is. It's not not at all helpful to me. <laughs> so, it's reached all the way around. Yes. Yeah, right now you are charging on I'm the charging. inconvenient side. Yes, the inconvenient side depending on wherever it is and the cord is there so that someone will be tripped and it will send my computer flying to yeah. its death. Yeah. So, what do you think about the MagSafe situation? I loved the MagSafe. I loved, loved, loved MagSafe. And still, we still have computers that run and they're the MagSafe. And 
I still love them. The feeling of placing them in, Fuck. and it just Fuck. fits. Fuck. <laughs> just fits. Um, I don't have to worry Fuck. about which way I'm putting it in. It just works. Um, it's fast, it's easy, it's convenient. Um, I don't have to fendangle with it. I don't have to feel bad because I've put it into the wrong way. Um, and it's it's one of these things that like that when I worry about the wire, like I, I have kids and they often are running around and there's so many computers or the cord comes out of the wall and I'm worried about it. But with the MagSafe, I never had to worry about that. Yeah. I think it's a superior charging system. But yeah, put it on both sides. But, that's, but you're not going to ever use it on both sides. So that's a waste. Uh, I will use both sides. Not I may not use them at the same time. But I think that like smaller and thinner is lovely, but there's a point where convenience should trump smaller and thinner. So I will say like one of the issues, well, there's two issues um, where I think the analysis got it wrong. It's that those were the best-selling Macs ever. And we talk a lot about data, like follow the data. I've been talking for days about like YouTube data, like you always follow data, but I think people forget that the data is only, um, what's the right word? It's an indicator, it's not an absolute. Right. Like if you follow the data on YouTube, you'll inevitably become Logan Paul. And you know you can feel one way or another about Logan Paul, but like that's just incredibly popular content that if you keep optimizing for what YouTube tells you it's, it's gonna take to be successful, you'll end up like Mr. Beast or Logan Paul. You'll have a prank channel, basically, because that's what people watch. It's like everybody says they watch PBS, but they really watch TMZ. Yeah. And I feel like with this, Apple optimized for what would sell, and they noticed these laptops were selling so well. They optimized for this new generation and I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm downplaying them. But there are people who self-identified it as pros who weren't traditional pros, but they 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 were aspirational pros. Like they were like founders, and they didn't. They weren't doing like high like high demand video work or audio work or like they didn't require big computers, but they wanted the brand of pro. And so by making these MacBook Air pros, Apple sold an amazing amount of them, but they really pissed off their traditional pro market, which is sort of like in any job, you know, you're aspiring to in improve yourself, but you sometimes piss off the people who got you there. And then it's a calculation of what did you lose compared to what did you gain? And what is your end goal, right? What is your end goal? And again, these are user products where, you know, if you can make the most people happy with not a great detriment. Like I would sacrifice a little bit of weight, a little bit, having it a little bit more plump to be able to um, be able to charge on either side. Yeah. Like it wouldn't kill me. I'm fine with it charging on one. I like the MagSafes that much, but. And everybody says that. Like, and have you ever seen that about the iPhone for you? Like just, just double it. Just make it twice as thick and it'll last twice as long. Uh, and then the iPhone 12 thick, comes out yeah. and immediately everyone's complaining, oh, and it's not even that much heavy, but oh, it's so heavy. I can't hold it up for long periods of time. I can't game as long as Does I want to. Does anyone really say that? Yes. Has anyone really yes, it was, said there were so too many heavy, complaints. I can't hold it up? Yes. When they, because then maybe that's a sign you need fitness plus. No, see, that's the dismissiveness that people say. But for a long time, like, experienced designers will say that you know, like for example, my mom loves to read eBooks on her phone, and she and the lighter that phone is, the longer she can read the ear, the uh, the eBooks. The longer you could game, the longer maybe I could watch the video. Lightness is absolutely a user benefit. It just needs to be balanced because if your battery runs out or you get tired of holding it, both of those things ruin your experience. Fair. That's a fair statement. It's a fair statement. 
but it's, there's, it's such an infinitesimal difference. I think that most people will not notice the difference. Yeah. And in, so many in most complaints. Of the time. We like to complain. We do. We're com- we like to complain. To complain. But again, you don't want to just deal with the loudest voice yes. either. And I think the mistake here is, uh, the mistake that Apple made was they went, they saw the mainstream computer market and they've always had a small share. Right. And I don't know if they've had like big share envy over like the PC share, but they did so well with the iPhone, which came out after the Mac, and so well with the iPad that maybe they looked at it and said, hey, we can have a consumer successful laptop. And they were willing to optimize for that at the expense of the pro user. And I think they went too far and for too long. Like, right. I don't know if you remember, but Steve Jobs introduced an iPod shuffle with no buttons. Yes. And a wide iPod Nano. Yes. And people hated them so much, both of them disappeared in a year and we never mentioned them again. He right. would come to your house and slap you if, you if you mentioned them again. Right, right. But Apple had that butterfly keyboard on the market for three or four years. Hated. Yeah. And they, they, but the thing is, they, they could make mistakes. I think one of the problems with Apple being constantly criticized is that they've become immune to it right. because they think that they'll be proven right. And sometimes they are. Like with the trackpads, they got rid of the actual trackpad. And it sounds stupid, but now they're, they're the best, better trackpads ever. And I think they thought the same would be, would be the same thing about the keyboards. That and the eventually same thing, we would come yeah, around. we would figure out that they were right. And then it didn't happen. And they're like, oh, we can fix it. We can prove we're right. Right. And there's, what is the phenomenon there, Georgia, where like everyone's telling you you're wrong, but you're just stuck in it. Like you think you'll prove them all wrong, that you're right. It's called cognitive dissonance. It is when you're so stuck into your belief system that even hard data showing that actually makes you feel more ardently into your own point. And it's hard to crack out of that. Often it's a really painful process to be able to realize, wait a second, you know, maybe something outside of the box is right and I'm not, um, but it's beneficial for us. Yeah, and like they, they tried to redo them, they changed the material, they put a membrane over it, and now they went back, they reverted to the scissors. And the same with the touch bar, and the touch bar I'm even grumpier about because... Oh, the touch bar. Well, I mean, they put it out, and typically Apple will put something out and there'll be mixed reactions and they'll iterate and they'll iterate and they'll iterate. They haven't done anything to it in five years. They haven't added, like, they could add haptics to it to make it feel like keys. They could um, make it do more things, like have, imagine like your news is going by on it or something while you're typing, you just like constantly see whatever news feed you want. Like, there's things they could do, but they, it's, it feels like abandonware. Yeah, it, for that, it, it seems to me, it feels like they did something because they could, but not because it should. It didn't, it looked like it could do something better, but it never really did it better than an actual, like, volume key. Well, but maybe it goes back to that con- cognitive dissonance. Dis- dissonance. Yeah. Cognitive dissonance you're talking about because they've refused to make touchscreens on the Mac for so long. I'm ready. Like so long. And they're like, no, this is better. And it feels like, I forget who it was, but there was a developer who's like, I'm never going to have a setting screen because it's too complicated. I'll just add a button here. Oh, now I need a button there. Oh, now I need it. And trying to solve for not, for refusing to put the setting screen there was more complex than just putting the damn setting screen there. Yes, That's exactly. what it feels like with this. It, they're so refusing to do touch, they're going out of their way to put touch everywhere else except where it would be simplest to put it. Right, which they've already done. They have touch screens yeah. that work really well. And then we get the wonderful support of a pencil, Yeah. Mm. which would be lovely. Mm. Mm. And then we merge the two products, and I am a happy little camper. 
Yeah. So the SD cards, I think this is the other thing that was ridiculous. Like when Apple first put out the 12 inch MacBook, I don't remember if you ever had a 12 inch MacBook or not. I think I you mostly had I the did. Airs. I, yeah, I think yeah. I'm all, all air, all in. Um, but all these people were like complaining. All of our techie, nerdy friends were complaining. They had these handful of dongles. And I just wanted to take them by the hand and go, this is not the machine for you. Like, here's a MacBook Pro that doesn't require any dongles. But they might not be able to afford a MacBook Pro. No, these Pro. were the people who had them. They just wanted the new oh, thing. Okay. OK, fair enough. And it's like, I, back in the day, I think everyone thought every Apple product was for them. And then Apple started diversifying and segmenting, which is what mature companies do. And no longer was ever, like, I never bought a Mac Pro. I know a lot of our friends did. Okay. I never bought one because I don't need it. Right. Uh, I don't feel the need to buy every Apple product. Most, <coughs> well, not every Apple product. Almost. Well, all right. Totally dragged me on that one. So it's the same thing with this. Like, no one believed you when you said it. <laughs> um, if you're a pro, like you've always yeah. had to have dongles and you right. always will. Like I had to have VGA and HDMI and DVI and mini DVI and Thunderbolt 2 and Firewire 400, Firewire 800. Like the list of dongles I've had to carry always. And so USB-C was just one more dongle. But I think what hurt Apple is that they put that pain on the mainstream because the mainstream users never had that and suddenly they had USB-C to USB-A dongles. And that's where it was that's where it was a problem. I hate dongles. I just, that's it. That's my thought on it. I just hate dongles. I don't think that I I don't I think that a machine should do the things that the machine should do. I don't think that I should have to buy a thousand accessories for things that I used to have. That's the problem. The things that bothers me is that, you know, I used to have a volume key and now you take away my volume key. What are you thinking? I have a volume key. We're back key. on the touch bar. Sorry, I'm just saying. So you know, if you have an SD card reader and then you don't, yeah. then it makes people angry. So where is the timeline? So for example, like I, you use SD cards for your YouTube channel. Yes. I don't. I use CF Express cards. So them adding an SD card thing to this is again, not it's, actually help you. No, it's great for it's great for mainstream because SD cards are way more mainstream. I'm using I'm using cards that are just for faster data rate that are I think will be mainstream in three or four years, but aren't now, and that's the whole point. Like. Is it a pro machine? Is it a consumer machine? Who are you making happy? Well, as long as there's some a machine that makes most, if you hit 80% of your people, then at least most people are happy yeah. with a machine. But sometimes they just get rid of it on all of them. Well, Apple's been historically fast a lot. Like remember they famously got rid of the floppy drive and went all in on, on, U, on the original USB. Floppy drive. So they are, they've always been ruthless, but there's a point in time, like nobody needs parallel ports and serial ports in their computer anymore. Nobody needs FireWire ports in their computer anymore. So there's things that they should get rid of. Yes. And you know, USB-A, that one I think is borderline because a lot of, I don't want to say normal people, it sounds so disparaging, I don't mean it that way, but I think a lot of people have a lot of USB-A stuff still, but all and the new stuff really is USB-C. that's really upsetting. That's really upsetting is when you've bought things and then you can no longer use them without having to buy a whole bunch of other things yeah. to make them work. Yeah. yeah. So it's that line, and I think Apple has always been a little bit aggressive at that line, but just sheer, the sheer volume of changes in that MacBook, I think was, but it was so appealing with main, like people just bought so many of them. So I. I understand, I think I understand the problem. What do you think about the solution about them reverting instead of pushing forward into something else? I like the idea. Let's see how people feel about it. And then, like, they, they redo their, they redesign their machines. Like, so if it doesn't work out, that's okay. But people are rarely upset about having more that they don't use. 
People get really upset about having things that they would use but can't. But extra things, if I never use an SD card reader on my computer, how many people have complained about, oh, I have an SD card reader on my computer that I've never used? That really doesn't happen. Now again, it comes at a cost. It's not just that you can put everything into the computer because it would be a huge brick. Homer Simpson's car. Um, it would be Homer Simpson's car. That was a really good episode. Yeah. That was a good episode. Um, but yeah, it had every single thing, yeah. you know, skylights and a coffee maker and donuts that, yeah. anyways, but it's too much. But yeah. I think that things that people are still using, wait, I, I just, Yeah, I mean, Johnny I Ive's know. philosophy on the iPhones and iPads were there would never be anything that 80% of the people wouldn't use 80% of the time. I think maybe it got to 90% of the people wouldn't use 90% of the time. And if it was like anything that either not a lot of people would use or they wouldn't, or not, or people wouldn't use a lot, that was just, that's an adapter, that's a dongle, that's an accessory. And that was sort of the philosophy that he went with. Right. And, and then you can have... put more battery in. Like you take the SD card out, we'll put more battery in. So, because more people will benefit from the extra battery right. life than they will from having right. the SD card. Which, to a good extent, I can agree with. So what would you like to see, Georgia? I know you're all in on the MacBook Air. There's rumors of a new MacBook Air as well. Face ID, uh, even faster chipset. Any other rumors? I, I, want, I want things that I won't get. I would love to have Face ID. I think that that would be a huge benefit to be able to just open up the computer and that it's reading my face and that it's being able to be aware of that. Um, You're going to De Niro it, aren't you? Are you looking at me? No. You're looking at me. I must be looking at you. I don't want you looking at you. Are you looking at me? No. I'm the only one here. Are you looking at me? I would never do that. I would You're totally going to do that. It would never happen. It would never never happen um you know i'm still i'm waiting for touchscreen so it's never gonna happen touchscreen i'm waiting that's what i'm waiting for um on i'm you know again as long as we don't go to like butterfly keyboards and you know i like there's there's certain things that just work better but you're happy with the, that. the scissor keyboard the new one yes i am actually happy with it though when i go back to the old mac and i don't know if it's the 2015 it might be the 2016 mac uh with Pro. butterfly keys or no? Yeah, with the scissor keys, the, the old yeah, scissor keys. Yeah, 2015 or earlier. Yeah. It's beautiful. It feels fabulous. They're a little wiggly, but they're amazing. So they are, I would say, better. The wiggliness bothers me. I know. It feels all loosey-goosey. You've loosey always goosey. said that. You've always said it's true. It is a little bit more loose, but it just feels friendlier. And, okay, this is strange, and I don't think anyone else is going to care, but the keys are rounded, whereas these are slightly concave yes which fits your fingers better but the edges are slightly sharp to the touch and i don't like that do you are you a big edge typer do you lack precision in your typing efficacy no but i'm often touching the keyboard even when i'm not typing okay. and so it's a tactile thing so overall though you're happy you're happy that they're going not back to the future forward to the past Yes, I okay. am. How about you? Yeah, no, I think I'm, I have conflicted on this because, again, I, I like some of the aspects of MagSafe, but I like the ubiquity and the flexibility of USB-C. I'm fine having an SD cards, so I just don't use them anymore. I guess I use them once in a while because uh, I have other cameras but that still use them. when you do use it, isn't it nice not to have to search for a dongle no, somewhere? No, because I have to search for a dongle for the CF Express cards anyway. I'm dongle, again... Anyone who works with pro gear is going to be dongled for life because they are always coming up with newer, faster, stronger, longer, more flexible, or just more proprietary cable technologies. Always. I'm never going to escape this, Georgia. I am dongle life for life. 
Evil for evil for Elgond. Trying to say it backwards. Like Is that cool, what you were doing? Like the cool kids Mexiplex. do. Mixoplex. Mixoplex. skim. <laughs> oh no, I sent you back. George <laughs> uh, is in the fifth dimension now. She can't finish the podcast. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm impressed with your Mixoplex knowledge, though. I did it wrong, though. No, you didn't. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's an unpronounceable fifth generation, fifth dimensional wizard name. Right. If any of you are back in time, you like will you know why. Pronounce Elminster and Raistlin's illegitimate love child. We have another. Do we have another? Dungeons, do we have another topic? Dungeons and Dragons fanfic. Uh, we do. So our other topic is Mark Gurman was just making it rain rumors this week. It's like mm. he just sat there and said, "I'm going to type out every rumor for 20, 2021 right now." Uh, so the other rumor he was talking about was Apple's ongoing uh, virtual reality and augmented reality plans, saying that Apple will first introduce a, a virtual reality device very similar to the Oculus Quest, which means standalone, doesn't have to plug into a computer, but that it's going to be high-end, it's going to be expensive. He said Mac Pro-like, because Apple wants to put in a bunch of technologies that they need to get into the market. It's going to cost them a lot, so they don't envision selling a lot of them. And you are, like, you live in VR. So I was curious I what do. you thought. I do. I, I don't, I don't see, um, I really don't see them making a VR system. And the reason, like, if they were, and the reason for it is the same reason why Apple TV is, it's okay, but it's not fabulous, is that you buy VR to experience the world through games and other experiential things. And how are they going to get all of these games? Are they going to be hooked into Steam? And then you can play all the Steam games? Well, then I would talk about that. But let's be honest, Apple does not play well with others. And Steam doesn't need them. Not getting epic. Not so, getting <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't I don't see why. One is I, I just think that if they did, it would fail. And I, I understand the the argument that they're going to test. This is going to be their test system. But a test system that is a failing system does not benefit them any. And it would be expensive massively expensive. VR is already, you know, prohibitively expensive. And Apple doesn't make cheap products. No. Wheels cost $250. So how much is this going to cost? And then there's nothing to play upon it. So then why would you buy it in the first place? And so I don't see that this would be successful, beneficial, or even they would get a good amount of data. I am sure that they are working and developing it and trying to see what they can do for one day perhaps having that when they have a backlog of people that they can actually get to work on it. But you are up against some big dogs that have been in this fight for a while that have huge catalogs. I prefer the HTC Vive to Oculus, period, anyways. Okay. But because of that, it's it's just a system that I think, you know, the same thing with WhatsApp. It's like, um, it's privacy concern for me. Yeah, they backtracked, just tangent, they backtracked on WhatsApp so fast. All those times Facebook said they can't take any actions, you know, without without very long deliberations. They're like, oh, sorry, you're all confused and are misunderstanding. Yeah, misunderstanding. we are gonna do this. So we're gonna wait until you understand. They didn't say we're not gonna do it at yeah. all. We said we're not gonna do it now. Um, anyways. Meanwhile, so, Telegram signed up more users. Was it 50 exactly. million? Exactly. People are jumping ship like a, yep. you know, as yep, quick yep. as they can. So I don't see that. I think that AR is, I think that it's much more difficult to adapt to AR because you have to be able to understand the system that's there. So but, let me ask you this then. Yeah. So uh, according to Mark's article, Apple's going to focus on entertainment, communications, and 
uh, games. Yeah, absolutely. They bought a company that makes AR, uh, VR experiences out of concerts. So mm -hmm. theoretically, there'll be Apple TV optimized for VR the way Netflix is now. Yeah. And I know some people who like watching it that way because they feel like they're in a giant movie theater or they do it with like, uh, I forget that there's an app that lets you watch movies together in yeah. VR. Which was awesome. I've, I've used it. It was a really wonderful experience. But it, there is no, like, besides concerts, which you can actually go to concerts with other people right now, and I think that that is a really neat experience, and I've done it, and it was, it was very cool. But it is not that big of a jump that you would actually buy a system that might be $1,500 for a system to be able to watch a concert that you could watch on TV. And the reason for this is that I think that there's a huge barrier to entry. I think that people that buy Apple products... Um, they want their comfort. I think that they, you know, understand the technology that is there, but I don't see them being the people that would really want to jump into something that's expensive and not that much more than you can do with great surround sound and a big screen that you probably already own. And VR in comparison, like AR is kind of cool in that it can give you more information about the world like you could work at home and have your workflow set up in front of you instead of on a small computer screen and minority report through and i think that would be a great experience and i think that would be actually more fun and enhance it and i think that most of the time for vr why i don't play it as much as i could is because it's actually tiring yeah. it is heavy on your head it is difficult. We use wireless systems, mm -hmm. but at first probably it's going to be wired. No, like, it's going to be like it's be wireless. Oh, God Quest. bless. Which is lovely. All in the headset. But it is exhausting. It's tiresome for your eyes. You're going through this issue of like proprioception where you're not you're not getting the feedback from your body what's coming in. Some people feel dizzy. And so I don't know. There's a whole bunch of reasons why people would not even choose mm. to try this. And I think that's why a lot of people don't enjoy VR. VR is, a, is like playing a game often people want to do to relax and decompress. You finish VR, you are exhausted and stressed in most so, cases. Like there um, are relaxing games as well. But Back in 2017, Apple started making moves towards VR. They had Steam, Valve up on stage. They had ILM up on stage, Lucasfilms. They were showing off the Star Wars hmm. uh, games. They were, show, they were talking about eGPUs and a whole bunch of stuff. And behind the scenes, they were working on an earlier VR headset that didn't have a wire, but had a separate box that would do a lot of the compute power and then wirelessly beam it to the headset. And according to reports, Johnny Ive just went, nope, hot nope, big British nope, uh, because he thought that was like it was, that having that extra box was unseemly. So now they are apparently working on something very much like the Oculus Quest, but also there are rumors that they're going to get into gaming in a more serious way. You know, and Apple's always had hardcore gamers at every part of the company, but they realized that the least amount of effort for the most money was casual gaming, like Candy Crush was way more profitable for them than God of War or Call of Duty or any of those things. So they focused on that and they made this huge empire with the, with the iPhones, huge right. for casual gaming. But now it sounds like they, make, they might make a higher end Apple TV. And some of the rumors, which I actually don't believe, but you never know, are that they might actually buy game studios the way that Sony has and the way that Microsoft has. And similar to how they're doing TV Plus, they might have and even Apple Arcade to some extent, they might start bringing AAA games in and making that part of an overall Apple gaming service 
uh, to go along with everything else. Which I can see them thinking about, but because TV Plus has not been as fruitful going that way, and you need such a huge catalog, like we consume games like we consume music, and we, you need such a large catalog in comparison to areas that already have it. It's just such an uphill battle versus AR, which I think that we have not fully utilized at all. Um, which I can see beneficial. I can see it being smaller, something that's close to your face that you don't need to... I'm laughing because when yeah. you said that thing about the catalog, it reminds me of the irony, the absolute irony of Apple refusing to allow as is all the streaming gaming services. Right. Because if the Apple TV was only TV+, Plus, like almost nobody would watch it. Yeah. But it benefits hugely from them having also Netflix, also Disney+, Plus, also YouTube, also, I don't know if it's CBS All Access or now they've rebranded it to Paramount+. Plus. Uh, or whatever, but um, they have all those services, but they're stubbornly refusing to allow game streaming. And if you had an Apple TV uh, and you had an optional VR headset and you could get Microsoft xCloud Game Pass and PS4 yes. and Steam and all these things, it, problem solved. Yes, and we would have these wonderful catalogs. You could sell a great product. You do what you are good at and let others do what they are good at and we can all be copacetic together yeah. and happy. To your point about AR though, I think the feeling there is that those products are still further away technologically. It's gonna take much longer to get them to market. Sort of like, and I keep going back to this example, Apple originally thought it would take too long to get the iPhone to market, so they had the iPod team working on an iPod with like a click wheel dialer, just because they didn't think they could get the iPod. And it turned out they could, they never shipped it, they canceled it, they right. went all in on the iPhone. But I wonder like if they feel like the AR glasses are six or seven years away, but VR is maybe two years away. They're doing that as an interim or ancillary product to Why, work. Why though would they? To work to work on all the data sets that they want to do to eventually create what I'm guessing is a mixed reality device where you know you see a door in your kitchen, then you can open that door and go into a fantastic library, like a fantasy library and come out again, but it's a blended reality experience. Right. I, I think that it's too soon, like maybe, maybe in two or three years. I don't think that, that VR is that um, accepted. Like I think that when they brought in the watch, um, it was already pretty accepted and people were enjoying the experience. And then they came in and they could do, take all of that information and make something that is better. And I think that it is way too soon. I think there's still too few people that are enjoying VR. And a lot of people don't enjoy VR. I don't think there's enough, I don't think VR is for everyone. Mm -hmm. Could it be though, especially in pan? I would have loved to. So I had an op I have the original Oculus Quest. I really meant to buy the second one. And we talked about this on the show before, but when they announced the Facebook login thing, I hard Johnny Hive noped out as well. Right. And, I, and I, I felt really bad about it because I really would like to have used that during the pandemic, like Beat Saber and the Star Wars stuff and yeah. a bunch of other things. Uh, and I just morally couldn't bring myself to do it. Like right. I'm like, I can't support this. Uh, and I think one of the benefits of an Apple system would be they would make it privacy first. Right. They don't want to scan your room or like all this that stuff while you're doing it. And can you imagine Fitness Plus where you're like dance, 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 and like your your rings are closing and your if if it was more like dance, dance, like they were doing like a dance, dance revolution where they were tracking if I was dancing well enough, all. In. I am waiting for that since the connect where you got to dance and it would tell but it wasn't great at reading it I was too short and it just you were not too short. They made it for kids. I know it just didn't read it We had a there was anyways, it's that neither of us could strange, dance that's true too. That's true too. Neither of us could dance. <laughs> but it was interesting because Apple bought that original, the original Connect technology Apple bought 
and that's what was used to make the True Depth camera for Face ID. I know, but I still don't have my, you know, what? ability to be able to see Dance? me dancing, and then oh. I could go through it. So yeah. Yeah. that would be nice. But glo those uh, knuckles don't work for that. They 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 don't really because they're they're still missing so much information okay. versus something that is physically seeing you. If you your hands are just moving in your head and your legs are not moving, they're working on it. We yeah. will have that, which would be great. It. Yeah, it'll be like Wally or those other movies where you just sit in the chair all day yeah. and you never. No, you see, you'd be, I'd be dancing. I would not be like that. I would be getting fit and enjoying it because I'd have to move. So is the fatigue from VR because you're wearing the heaviness of the helmet or is there actual cognitive load that you're adding to yourself? There is more of a cog, like you're getting a disjoint in between like, a lot of people get motion sick because your vestibular system, the system that deals with balance, is getting different information than what you are seeing, which can make you a little bit sick. So you're dealing with that. You're also moving around. Like if you're being attacked by a horde of zombies, you are wanting to fight until, you know, the zombies are all gone or they have eaten you. You have this choice. And so you're moving around. And a lot of the games are experiential and you're, you're choosing to move, which are the most fun games. But you're not getting all of the information. This, this really weird sense where after, and you get used to it. The more that you do it, the more that you get used to that. But after a while, I need a break. Like after an hour and a half of, of on VR, I need to be off of it, even if I'm loving the experience because I'm not just physically exhausted from fighting, but my mind is going through that fatigue, which is getting a disjoint between, you know, my, my body movements and what I'm seeing on the screen. I, I used your, um... HTC Vive, and I've used your old-school Oculus, like the one that was plugged in. Yeah. And then I got the Oculus, the one that was before the Quest, that you had, basically was a sitting-down version. The I forget Oculus the name. Go? The Oculus Go, yeah. And then the Quest. But I also got the PSVR, and putting that on, uh, and I, I got it entirely for the Batman game. Right, but which I, was a good game. I put that on, and you look down, and you look up, and you are Batman. It's a, it is a wonderful... The first time that I flew, there was a game... Um, that you could fly. It's Richie's plank experience, not this Richie. Oh God! Um, and it, it's it's one is it's really weird. So you you walk out. One of the experiences you walk up an elevator and there's just this plank on the floor. And you can actually put a real plank on the floor. And it's interesting how much of our brain, even though you know you are in a room, because of how much of our brain deals with visual. Our visual system takes up a lot of our brain, and we can we believe what we see more than anything else. So though I'm telling myself I'm really just in the living room, I'm like my entire body's saying don't go. That also has a flying experience, which Boy, like the, so you made me do that plank experience, yes, and you put a plank on the ground. I put a plank on the ground, and even though I knew I was in the room, I could not walk forward. My brain. Cut off. Like, it stopped me. I could not move. I was That's the petrified. Same system that keeps you alive. Don't yes. do this. This is dangerous. Yeah. I just. I was not. It was like being. You know, hold person or power word. Yes. Whatever. Freeze. Yes. Exactly. You went to fight or flight and fight, yeah. flight, freeze. I went. I went into freeze. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, I could exactly. not. Exactly. It is. It's a really weird experience. But the first time that I flew in it. It was also the coolest experience ever because I always wanted to fly and I felt it. I felt like I was flying. If we had more of our senses that were involved, that would be a much more believable system. Like there's there's a like system wind? that yeah that has there's there's this one where you lay down so you're flying like Superman and uh, you lay down and there's wind depending on how fast you're going and I think it's a you're on a you're flying a dragon or you are the dragon one or the other and there's this like chair that that tilts around which. That's all you need. If you've ever seen people that are in the VR and they're just yeah. sitting in this thing that rocks, a little tiny bit of rock, our body, our brain yeah. fully believes that we are tumbling to our death. 
I was gonna say pummeling to drilling. our death. Is it just me or somebody drilling? Hope you, if you guys can hear that, somebody decided to drill, and we're not stopping the podcast. For no, that. we're just. They can stop that. the drilling for us. Are we're they, going. We're going forward. Are they going to do that? They're going to stop the podcast. They better. For us? No, they, we're not stopping the podcast. They better stop that drilling. Okay. Well, we're going to continue on. Anyways, it's a wonderful experience. Is it to the do feeling? It. Is it similar to the same feeling that you get when you think you're falling in a dream? It isn't the same. It's the same. Okay, so the falling feeling is the same feeling, but it's actually a different reason. That feeling where you get that startle reflex. It's a strange primal thing of and they believe this and i'm not sure this has not been studied but they believe that it was when we used to be tree dwelling and it was that grab onto fall be careful that you're you still grabbing onto the tree yeah. and you don't want to fall off of the tree that is what is said about that um i don't know there's not actual studies okay, but it's a different know. thing it is a different it is a different feeling from that but it is the feeling of falling is the same type of thing in the brain it was funny because i never I never had a problem with flying in, like in dreams, but whenever I landed, I would break my legs. And then Joss Whedon wrote uh, The Astonishing X-Men after he did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and they had a hero there named Wing who could fly, but wasn't invulnerable, and he was so upset. He's like, everyone else, when they get to fly, they, they, they can always land fine. They're always invulnerable. I break my legs every time, and I'm like, see, I'm not the only one. I never used to have that happen until you told me that you used to break your legs. And then I had the worry of breaking my legs. You're welcome. But my, yeah, thank you, Renee. All of you, you're welcome. But but um, my issue was always that I couldn't, like gravity would suck me back down. And now in my dreams, I get vertigo when I'm flying too high and come, like not going up, but when I'm going back down, I get vertigo and wake up and I love to fly in my dreams. So that is sad. It's why Ultra Boy and Legion of Superheroes never made sense to me because he has all the powers of Superman, but only one at a time. <laughs> so like, how do you have super strength and you can lift up the bus without invulnerability? Because then your arms would just break off. Like right. the, the whole thing made, made no sense to me. <laughs> or how can you run super fast if you're not invulnerable? Like the wind, like all of you, it, you got to think these things through. You have people. to think these through. Well, talking about that, Renee, since you're on the subject, someone actually in the YouTube comments has said that they would like for you to choose their superhero that they should be um, because you know better about this and since you've thought about this which superhero they should be if they could choose um, I yeah. mean oh. <laughs> this is gonna be it'll be on another episode that he's gonna have okay. to think this through yeah. no I mean like there's always a cliche like if you if you have the power to fly it's just a delight you know, you can you can get up there above the traffic. You can go anywhere. But is it, it really anyone. the best power? Some people want to be invisible, but I find that so creepy. Like, if you want to be invisible, I think there's just a creepy factor to it. Yeah, that doesn't sound like that much fun, though. Right? I don't know. I'm I don't assuming know. they want to creep. That's the whole reason they're doing it. Right? Like super strength or telekinesis, yeah. or because yeah. then if you have telekinesis, maybe you could fly too. Or is it like Batman, where you're just a billionaire who like who's really good at training and discipline? That's not a superpower, though. That's, that's, no, that seems like a lot of work. That's like Jackie Chan. Like, you have to work really... Tra uh, no, that doesn't Take count. off that armor and what are you? A billionaire, play a billionaire playboy philanthropist. philanthropist. Nothing special about you that didn't come out of a bottle. I mean, that's these discussions. Yeah, I would like something that could, like, get, get something that would help the world, you know, that would help people, that would just, like, let oh, you bring I love water. It that you did altruism. No, they get like, a new superpower and you went altruism. Something that would help so you bring sweet. water to places that don't have water or that would help the you. Creation of water. Yeah, I create, but, um, like, uh, you know, um, that would let you, let help, yeah, help people. That's always the best thing. There was, I forget, I'm getting so off tangent today. So, yeah, this has to be, um, like, the extra topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should pull this. We should. You're getting should a. You're getting a bonus out. extra top. No, you're getting a bonus. There was right. this. Uh, you're still watching. There was this. This comic book series, uh, Warren Ellis. There was this whole era 
uh, of British writers who deconstructed modern superhero mythology, starting with Alan Moore and The Watchmen and Warren Ellis and Planetary and uh, Mark Miller with uh, The yeah, Authority. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it became sort of, it filtered back into the mainstream DC comics and they had an issue of Superman that sort of made fun of The Authority a little bit. But they were talking to Superman, they're like, you catch Lois every time she screams and falls off a building and she falls off a building a lot, but all those kids starving to death, you just ignore them every day. And like, that's, yeah. That's harsh. So I, the superpower I think people should have is the one that helps stop those kids starving to death. Fair. Here we go. There we go. Asked and answered, Your Honor. <laughs> All right. So, Georgia mentioned our bonus topics. We do the bonus topics every week, every episode on the Nebula version of this podcast, which is ad free and bonus, extensive, exclusive content. If you don't have Nebula and you want to try it out, you can actually get this amazing Curiosity Stream bundle where it's like, Right now it's on special for less than $12 a year, it's like a dollar a month, it's ridiculous. And you not only get CuriosityStream, which has the best documentaries and series on the internet, uh, it's absolutely amazing, but you get a free Nebula subscription. So you can listen to you know, ad-free, sponsor-free versions of Apple Talk, but also with the bonus topics. All of my videos are up there, ad-free, a lot of them have bonus topics. And just you know, Legal Eagle and Thomas Frank and Ali Abdal and Jordan Harrod and Real Science and Braincraft and Wendover and the person who sounds exactly like Wendover or does half as interesting. It's just like a huge list of stuff. So all you have to do for that is go to curiositystream.com slash Apple Talk. And, and soon to be me. Yeah. yeah well, you're, you're, I, I don't know if your videos are actually up there yet. They're on YouTube now, but I don't know if they're up on Nebula yet. I don't we'll think they're up yet. Okay, they will they'll be, be up soon. soon imminently. Soon. Imminently. Yeah, soon. Imminently. So yeah, curiositystream.com slash Apple Talk. Uh, check it out. And... Yeah, you put up how many videos so far? Three, you're on fire. I think I've put up four now. Four videos? Yeah. Oh, wow. Four videos. How was it? It was really exciting and yeah. scary and terrifying and wonderful. Was it like having videos when I'm not there to be yelled at? Not as much fun. I like the yelling part. <laughs> and you actually got your name for the channel name, which I was really excited about. I know. Yeah. So YouTube.com slash George Dow. Yeah. Where else can they go to find you? Uh, you can go on YouTube, on um, Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow. And uh, if you're dealing with anxiety or depression, you can set, check out anxiety-videos.com. Awesome. And you can find me at Renee Ritchie on Twitter. You can find me at youtube.com slash Renee Ritchie. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, if you can leave a review, leave a rating, it helps encourage them to feature us and we can find more amazing people like you to chat with every week, which is just the best thing. It is. If you are on Nebula already, then just stay tuned. We have the bonus topic. And if you are leaving us now, then thank you so much for being here. Uh, you're fantastic, and we'll see you next week.